Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't anyone ever rip you off. Teachers have had just a most difficult time. Uh, A lot of teachers, somewhere uh, close to 45% is the number I've seen of school teachers have some level of pre-existing condition. And it's been frightening for a lot of teachers who have pre-existings to go back in the classroom. There have been very large numbers of teacher resignations around the country and There are class sizes now in a number of jurisdictions which are the largest anybody can ever recall because of the shortage of teachers. And in the midst of that, a new report was compiled by Wall Street 24-7 of teacher pay and where the pay of teachers is such that it tends to cause much higher turnover among teachers so i think about the kids and how important it is for kids to be in the classroom i've watched with my own son who this year has had weeks of school that were online only and more weeks of school that have been in person and the difference in his um, whole psychological being from being at school with his peers versus being at home taking Zoom-type classes. He gets kind of brain dead in the Zoom kind of stuff. Some kids, I guess, can handle it. And then you think about the teachers, where those with the pre-existings, this could be a fatal event for them, being in the classroom. This is a classic no-win scenario. But I think one thing that's been clearly exposed by the disruption in kids' education is how teachers, we talk a good game about how much we value them, but we certainly don't pay teachers like we value them. And the Wall Street 24-7 report shows in what states teachers are paid far, far less than what the education they have would lead to an equivalent pay in other jobs other than being a teacher. Worst in the country, Virginia, where what's known as the wage penalty to be a teacher, 33%, followed by Arizona at 32, New Mexico at 30, Oklahoma at 30, Colorado at 29, Washington State at 28, Oregon at 27, North Carolina 25, Georgia at 25, and Alabama at 25%. Those are the 10 worst in the country. 
And there's not necessarily an exact correlation between underpayment of teachers and student performance, but there is a, a number of the states that are in the top 10 worst paying to teachers are also on the list of the top 10 for worst educational attainment by students. It's always a matter of money, right, and priorities. Turnover with very experienced teachers who are gifted in the classroom, that turnover costs our kids. And we need to think about is education gets more back to normal next school year, making sure that we don't just say we value teachers, but do what we need to to see that they feel valued in their paychecks as well so they don't leave the profession. It's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Kim, who do you have a question from first? This is from Rennell in Georgia. And Rennell says, recently I bought a new car, but there was a $999 charge added to the cost of the car. And when I questioned it, I was told that it was for a protective shield that's applied to the interior and the exterior oh, of the car. come on! Right. So I said, I don't want this, but the salesperson said, well, it's a must. They gave me no literature on the so-called shield, no guarantee about it, and frankly, how would I even know if it was actually applied? I emailed the management team, and I still haven't heard back. Do you have any suggestions on what I can do? So I'm gathering that you took delivery of the vehicle, right? That is what I am gathering as well. Okay, so that charge is what's known as a pack. It's a made-up number that is just put into a deal to rip you off. Pack charges are one of the most disgusting, despicable things that sleazy car dealers will do. So what that probably was, was they probably had some uh, low-level detailing person put some armor all in your vehicle or something like that it's they gave you no real explanation no paperwork because it's just a fib it's just a thousand dollars of last minute additional cost on a vehicle that's why today we can shop for vehicles so easily online and when you get quotes online you always want what's known as full drive out everything that's involved in buying the vehicle any charge imposed tax any fees that are get you to a final figure and that way they're going to be exposed if you're comparison shopping dealer to dealer but when you're only going to a dealer you make a deal with them and then they put a ripoff cheating you pack charge like that your only power at that point is to walk away. And if you went ahead and purchased, they stole your $1,000 and you can't get it back. But you'll know ever forward how the dirty dealing of packs works. And you'll never let it happen to you ever again. Joel? Clark Carroll in Florida says, I'm an at-risk COVID-19 75-year-old woman. I drive an average of six miles per week. 
My auto insurance provider has chosen this year to increase my insurance rate $60. I've (laughs) never in my life have I had an accident. I've never missed a payment. I've been driving since I was 17 years old. This seems unjust. What should I do? Go shop for new auto insurance. This is one where the marketplace is your friend. And you said Florida, right? Yes. So... I don't know if Florida has any of the insurers selling insurance by the mile, but you would hugely benefit from one of the insurers selling by the mile. The way this works is instead of the way traditional auto insurance is sold, where you pay a monthly premium or six-month premium based on their formula, you pay per mile based on their formula. With the idea being the more miles you're on the road, the more chances you're going to be in an incident or an accident, the more likely you're going to be a source of a claim. So paying per mile, in your case, would save you a fortune. If you can't find an insurer that sells by-the-mile insurance, at least shop around, and hopefully you will find a much lower-cost quote than the increase you're getting for driving Six miles a week. Kim? That was crazy. Um, This is from someone else who is also named Kim. Kim is in New Hampshire, and Kim says, as an adult married student, I don't need to live on campus, but I want to know, is it advisable to accept a higher federal student loan amount than the cost for tuition and use the extra funds to pay off a high-interest credit card? The student loans are at a 4% interest rate, and I would use the money to pay off a credit card that is at a 28.99% interest rate. And then we plan to cancel that credit card once it's paid off because we have two other credit cards with better lower interest rates. So if that credit card has no annual fee, do not cancel it. Just leave it inactive so it remains part of your credit mix, which it will for years. Um, As far as doing this, um, there is, uh, it is considered to be by some people to be smart financial planning and management to take out, in your case, a 4% interest loan to pay off a huge interest loan. Uh, others think it's a misuse of the student loan program. The reality is the math works really well for you to do what you're thinking of doing. Just don't charge the cards back up once you use this as a way to wipe out the existing balance. Joel? Clark Dave in Virginia says, I have no debt. I paid my mortgage off in eight years and four months. Uh, My credit cards are paid off in full every month, but my credit score keeps dropping. It's now 801. So I don't know how to increase my score. I have uh, over a million dollars in my portfolio and credit union savings combined. So please help me know how I can keep my credit score going up and not down. So first of all, you have perfectionist syndrome. If you're at 801, you're doing great. Anything uh, really over 780 or 760, depending on the lender, gets you their absolute best loan products. Uh, 801 is, I mean, just fantastic. And anything above that is just really um, just for your own personal gratification. But if you do want to see if you can get that 801 higher, The key is going to be very low utilization of the credit cards that you use, that you pay in full every month, that you pay them before the billing statement period closes. 
so that you report a near zero balance but activity every month because the ratio of how much of your available credit you're using accounts for 30% of your credit score. And even though you pay your balances in full, that's not what's reported to the bureaus. It's the balance that you owe that you've paid off that's reported. And that could be pinching your score a couple of dozen points. Kim? John in Georgia says, I ordered a very expensive ceiling fan recently from a big box store. I ordered it online. It's been about a month and it's still at a delivery warehouse. I keep getting notices that it's out for delivery by the end of the day, but I never get it. It keeps going back to the warehouse. The tracking history is infuriating as there's so many by the end of the day deliveries listed within the history. Who should I be turning to for help at this point? You have to go back to the big box because you're not considered to be the customer of, is this FedEx or UPS? Do they say which? FedEx. FedEx. Uh, FedEx has had well-documented problems with their delivery system and getting packages delivered. And it's a known issue. And I think you go back to the big box and see if they can come up with some alternative for you to get this. Uh, ceiling fan one would be for you to go do store pickup as an alternative and they cancel the original order when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joe. Hey, Clark. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. And, Joe, I'm fascinated at what you want to do ultimately for a living. Share with your fellow listener what it is you're interested in. Yeah, I was interested in my commercial helicopter license because I'd like to change my career path. And I'm trying to figure out the bill about getting a career training loan if possible so uh getting a loan for pilot training either as fixed wing or helicopter is Mm -hmm. a marketplace that exists but i just want you to know the the cost of the loans is pretty significant because you're in the you're in the private loan market and the uh, prices are not going to be a deal Refresh my memory. What does it cost these days to get commercial certification as a helicopter pilot? Is it 120 grand? Is that what it is, or am I wrong on that? Well, I looked at a couple of different places, and it's what I've come is is between like 40 and 50. That cheap? Yeah, including time, into. including time in the machine. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm really surprised. I thought it was more than double that. Wow. Okay. So usually the schools are going to be your best source of uh, information on the private loans. Are you just shocked by how much the interest rates are? Pretty much, yes. Seven, are they 7% these days, floating rate? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about why people sign up with the, with the uh, air guard to get flight training instead of going to one of the commercial schools. Are you at an age that you're still potentially a prospect for going with um, an air guard unit in the national guard? No, sir. So there is no magic then to you being able to borrow money and pay for this as far as going to a traditional commercial uh, helicopter school, you're going to look at these loan rates that are actually lower by historical standards than the, than they have been at about 7%. The alternatives that people look at, I'm going to give you two different paths. One is if you own a home with substantial equity in it, people will pay for flight training with a home equity loan or line of credit as an alternative to taking out one of these private aviation loans. The other thing is it's possible that your state has a state-supported school that provides a much lower cost instructional program for fixed-wing or helicopter training, pilot training. Do you know if your state has a um, state-supported school? Is that something you've looked at? All right, so that would be a priority is to look at that because taking on a variable rate loan at 7 or so percent, is uh, that's a pretty significant number that you're going to have to deal with after you complete your training. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you have. We got to have a talk about something you have got to know. There's a new slap on the wrist crackdown coming from the feds and from a number of states against rogue debt collectors. And the practices of the debt collectors involved in the recent enforcement actions, and they're what are called enforcement actions because nobody goes to jail for what I'm about to tell you about. They just get fines by an administrative agency called the FTC. But what's going on right now in what's called Operation Corrupt Collector is the name of the federal state effort to go after crooked debt collectors is this is freaky and weird but people are paying phantom debts people are actually being harassed by debt collectors for debts that do not exist that were made up by the collectors who intimidate people into paying a debt because of abusive people calling them for debts that did not ever exist. And people pay them. So one of the great ironies is the feds entered into an agreement with two of the fake collection agencies to pay people back restitution, but then there was no money there. The collectors had absconded with the money. There was no money to pay back to people 
anyway. One of the company's Highland Asset Management was ordered to pay back just under $7 million, but it was reduced to 600000 because that was all they said they could pay. The other company, something called Campbell Capital, supposed to pay $2 million in restitution, but they don't have any money, so they're now being allowed to pay only 30000 meaning that people who were cheated just lose the money. Now, you got to know that there are really decent organizations and honest people who work for a lot of debt collection agencies that are doing a difficult job and doing it honestly, that are following the law as required under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, that are providing proper documentation to people, are not threatening to kill you, not threatening to put you in jail, none of the uh, criminal kind of behavior that goes on with rogue collectors. But there are a lot of people also who are breaking the law every day. In the most extreme cases, like I just pointed out, intimidating you into paying money you don't actually owe and never did. The other is where you're intimidated into paying a debt where the amount is wrong or an amount that you've already paid. Let me tell you what your rights are. Whenever you're contacted by a debt collector, you have the right to demand that they send you in writing documentation on the debt. And they're required by law to give you that within five days. Second, you even have the right to tell a collector they can never contact you again. Has to be in writing. Once you've notified them, it is illegal for them to contact you about the debt ever forward. The only thing they can do after that is sue you against the debt. Depends on the circumstances that that would ever even happen. No, never to, with an old debt, what's known as a zombie, to pay a token amount against it. It is a dishonest, crooked, dirty, rotten, scoundrel, terrible practice of crooked collectors where they try against an ancient debt to get you to pay any penny at all so they can refresh the date and then against a debt that could be 20 or 30 years old, believe it or not, suddenly see you against the debt against it as if it happened today. Go look at my briefing on Clark.com, what your rights are with a debt collector. And if you legitimately do owe a debt and you want to make good on it, follow my steps of documenting and never, 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 not ever give any collector at any time your checking account number information, you know, is your routing number, transit numbers, and never give them a credit card. When you pay a collector, pay them by money order, because again, with the, with the certain amount of hoods in the debt collection industry, once they have your account information, crooked ones will come and get money again and again and again, beyond maybe what you owe and beyond what you've agreed to. Before any payment is ever made by you, you get that agreement of what will be paid, 
in writing and that payment of that money represents payment in full against a debt. Do not, do not, under any circumstances, be intimidated by a nasty, mean collector. Period. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. Who's up? Clark, it's me and Sally in Georgia says, we owe about $50,000 in credit card debt and, and medical debt. Most are in collections. And we have bad credit and want to start getting it back in good standing. Should we take the settlements that we're getting offered, which would cut our debt in half? Or should we just figure out a way to pay everything off in full? which is the fastest way to help our credit out. With everything you told me, I don't want you reaching deals on your own. I want you to get the assistance of a nonprofit credit counseling organization and see what they recommend because this is what they do every day. The best way to find an honest uh, credit counselor is to go to the website nfcc.org. N is in Nancy for National Foundation F on credit counseling, nfcc.org, and get the advice. It will be free for advice. If they end up negotiating a payment plan for you, if that ended up being what made the most sense, you would send the NFCC affiliate a check every month that they would then handle dispersing to the people you owe money to and you would have something that would work within your budget and would help you heal your credit and i want to wish you the best at tackling the debts you have and the past due issues that you're dealing with as well kim bruce in north carolina wants to know is the ibotta app safe to link your checking account to in order to receive your earned money I've never, ever, ever heard of a problem with Ibotta or any of its competitors. And so using it as a way to get free money is worth it. There is, anytime you link anything to your account, there's always a tiny risk that there will be a a hack or compromise, data compromise somewhere. But that's just a possibility where with Ibotta, you know, that it's going to generate some money for you through your regular purchasing. So the risk is worth the reward. Or the I said that backwards. The reward is worth the risk. Joel? Clark John in Washington says, I'm about to purchase a rental property. It'll be a short-term rental for vacationers in a resort area. I will use it occasionally as well. Should I form an LLC for this? And what does an LLC offer me as an investor? Okay, wonderful question. So the purpose of an LLC with any investment property is to protect you principally from liability in the event someone uh, is injured or claims a problem that they hold you responsible for and sue you personally. So having an investment property in an LLC is something that people do who are real estate investors to protect them from circumstances that are beyond their control. It could happen, let's say, uh, there's people renting your place on a short-term rental, and they get into a fight, and somebody gets hurt, and you're not involved at all, and you don't even know 
that they had this fight and somebody got hurt and then you get sued because it happened at your property. I know that sounds weird and far-fetched. Talk to insurance people. It's not. So speaking of which, that's the other way to do this is that if you start developing more assets in your life, you have this rental property and all that, you want to look at having what's known as an overall liability shield called in the insurance marketplace an umbrella. And an umbrella insurance policy gives you coverage in the number of millions you buy, very cheap per million because it sits on top of your regular liability coverage. And that's the other way that people protect their personal wealth and financial security from liability that could occur with a rental property. As far as putting in an LLC, it's usually something that is most applicable if you own a property free and clear. If you have a mortgage against it, you may well not be able to even put it in an LLC, and the umbrella policy would be how you would protect yourself. Kim? Alan in Colorado says, we recently paid off our home. It was in March of this year. And I keep hearing about title theft. And I want to know what actions I need to take to protect my wife and I from losing our home this way. Any advice you can provide is appreciated. Title theft is something that has been very heavily promoted in advertising on the web and in the media. But it is a very, very infrequent occurrence. It's one of those things that nobody knew could be a problem till it became something very heavily marketed. And there are more and more counties around the country that have a title notification system set up where you're notified whenever anything happens that touches on your title. Anybody trying to uh, finance or refinance a property that you own anybody trying to change anything involving the ownership on a title, using one of those free registration services that are gradually becoming more common around the country is a better idea than paying any kind of insurance premium for something that is so, so very rare. I've had so many questions on this topic that we actually ran this by five different real estate attorneys independently of each other it was like they were all in soundproof booths and all five unanimously and strongly discouraged buying any kind of insurance against this kind of title hacking or fraud joel clark jeff in oklahoma says i just purchased two new phones for my wife and i via our cell phone provider they always ask about protection plans but for both phones it's another 30 dollars a month so thirty dollars a month, right? So he says, "What's the best place or company outside of that sort of protection plan that, where I can insure those phones in case of damage?" My goodness! All right, um, first check what credit cards you have, because a number of credit cards now is a benefit that really uh, credit card companies pivoted to because the coronavirus and travel cards did as well. Now provide coverage for damage or theft of your cell phone. And it just comes by you. If you pay your cell phone bill every month with that particular credit card, you get that coverage for free. There have been a number of stories written about this. You should be able to look around online and see which credit cards are doing it. It could even be worth you getting a new credit card that has that as a benefit, considering it would save you 
$360 a year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Michael's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. Hey, how are you doing, Clark? Great, thank you. You're selling a home and moving across country. We are. We are. We're looking to move to either Brattleboro, Vermont, or Keene, New Hampshire. And one of your takes, since both of them are completely different tax-wise and financially, which one would you recommend? Well, New Hampshire is much lower taxes than Vermont. Okay. And uh, it's they are very, very different states culturally, even though the topography is pretty much identical in Vermont and New Hampshire. And so um, taxes are not everything, but there's a very different tax culture as soon as you cross that border. And so if... What do you mean? Sorry? Um, could, could you explain a little bit more? Yeah, so uh, New Hampshire has a governmental philosophy that is for minimalist government. And so they uh, tax very, very few things and uh, generally are looked at as a a very, very um, friendly state to live in from what kind of tax bills you will face. Governmental services, as a result, are not as available as they are in Vermont, where um, taxes are higher. So it's a philosophical thing as well as practical where you would need to make that decision on those. And uh, I gather you also have a question about taxes on the home you're selling? Yeah, we, we are selling our home in South Carolina and moving that way. And I, we were determining whether we should rent to get a feel for the area um, before we ended up buying a house. We were looking at buying an apartment. The goal is to buy an apartment and um, apartment building and then be able to fix it up, live in it, and rent it out, and then move to a farmhouse, sort of like the one we had in South Carolina later on down the road. But we didn't know if there was like a time frame we needed to invest the money or not. It depends on this. The property you're selling in South Carolina, was it treated as your personal residence? Yes, sir. If it was personal residence, you don't have to worry about time deadlines or anything like that. You're allowed to pocket tax-free, as long as you've lived there two years or longer, quarter million dollars as a single individual, 500000 as a married couple, it's yours to keep, no tax bill. Okay. It would only be if the property you were selling in South Carolina was uh, an investment property. That's when there are very specific rules 
on doing a tax-free exchange. And I don't even have to get into that because in your case, this is a tax-free event selling your home unless you've made a zillion dollars selling it. And uh, on the issue for getting tax of renting or buying when you're going to a completely different kind of lifestyle and part of the country going from South Carolina to New England, forget taxes, rent when you first get to whichever one you choose to go to, to make sure it's where you really want to be. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.